0: This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. Well, hey, my name is Trevor. My wife Bonnie and I are the pastors at City of Light Church in Aurora. And five years ago, Church of the Resurrection sent City of Light out as a church plant. And every year for the last five years on Monday Thursday, we've come back and we've shared this service together. And it's such a joy to be able to do that still this year. So welcome City of Light Resurrection and to all of our sister churches throughout our broader Anglican family who are participating tonight. Welcome to all of you who are just guests and who are joining us for this beginning of our weekend Holy Week journey. Grab your Bibles, grab your journals. Uh, Kids, if you're watching, grab your storybook Bibles and you can open to to the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, and we're going to study these scripture passages together. Would you pray with me? Jesus, on this night, you wash your disciples' feet, you celebrate Passover, and you give to us provision in the wilderness. Help us meet you and know you as we read your word tonight. Amen. Let's start by looking at that scripture passage from Psalm chapter uh, Psalm seventy-eight, and it really sets the stage for what I want to see uh, tonight. It asks a question in verse nineteen: Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Throughout this whole. Passage: we've been seeing all of the things that God did for the people of Israel as they were in the wilderness, as they were journeying towards the promised land. In verse 13, he divides the Red Sea and they walk through the Red Sea to safety from Egypt. Verse 14, he guides them through this miraculous pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. In verse 15, he provides for them water from the rock. But still, they struggle to trust that the Lord will provide that in the midst of their present circumstances, can God really take care of them? Will God really save them? Can God spread or prepare a table in the wilderness? I don't know about you, but in the reality of my daily life, I'm just feeling very exhausted by COVID-19. And by everything going on connected to it. And part of me, if I'm honest, just wants to get to Holy Week and kind of check out from the reality of my circumstances, from the wilderness of this global pandemic, and to just think about Jesus and not worry about everything else that's going on for a few minutes. A couple weeks ago, on Saturday night, my wife Bonnie and I were sitting in our living room this is our living room. This is where we do our live stream services from now. And so we were sitting here getting ready for that and it was about 9 30 and there was a knock on our door. And it's like, who is knocking on the door at 9 30 at night? So I went to the door and there um, on the porch were two of Aurora's finest members of the Aurora Police Department. And I opened the door very startled and confused. What's going on? Is everything okay? And they said we received a 911 distress call from your residence is everything all right is there an emergency i said well i I didn't call who did the call come from they said who is in your house at the moment i said well it's just me and my wife bonnie and our kids are upstairs asleep and so bonnie came to the door and they said everyone all right bonnie are you okay he's like yeah everything's fine like we received a call from your phone Bonnie is everything all right did you call and no everything's fine Uh, my phone's in the in the bedroom let me go grab it she goes back into the bedroom comes back with her phone in one hand and with our three-year-old son August in the other and August said I was just trying to call some of my friends he had slipped out of his bed, come down the stairs, snuck past the door, hours after we thought he was asleep, and was trying to call friends. We looked at the phone and there's a call to Satoda, one of his uh, beloved babysitters. And there's a call below it to 911. And Gus said, I was just trying to call Miss Rachel, his godmom. he's trying to call me. I'm Just imagining him with the phone um, saying, Call Miss Wachel, and the phone going, calling 911. And there it was, two seconds long, a call to 911. Well, we apologized like crazy to the police officers, and they're like, no, no worries, we're just glad everyone's okay. And they left, and we got Gus upstairs to bed, came back down, and I saw the officers were still there, and they hung out on the sidewalk at the street for a couple more minutes. I realized that they had acted calmly, but they had asked some very specific questions. They knew coming up to the door that a woman had called and then hung up. And so when I came to the door and answered it, they did not tell me that they knew who called. They didn't tell me that it was from Bonnie's phone. They first found out if she was still in the house, if she was okay before they disclosed everything they knew to me, they assessed the situation. They wanted to find out what's happening on the ground. What's the reality of what's going on? What kind of help or assistance might we need to bring? And When God's salvation comes to us, the salvation that we participate in and celebrate and remember this Holy Week, When God's salvation comes to us, it always comes to us in the context of what's actually happening in our lives, the reality on the ground in our world. God's salvation is never an abstract thing, but his deliverance comes to us in the desert, in the reality of where we are. And so we don't check out of what's going on in the world to come to church, to come to celebrate Holy Week, but we actually bring that with us. And it's vitally important that we bring that with us, that we understand the wilderness that we're in, the reality that we're in. Have you had a moment in the last three or four weeks to just stop and be still and check in with what's going on? I don't mean what's going on in the news or the statistics or the who's blaming whom for what. I mean, what's going on in your own spirit? in your own mind and body, in your own emotions. A leader at City of Light sent me an article earlier this week, and it's by the Harvard Business Review. And the title just caught my attention. The title was the discomfort you're feeling is grief. Here's a quote from the article. We're all feeling a number of different griefs, the loss of normalcy, the fear of the economic toll, the loss of connection. It's hitting us and we're grieving collectively. And we're not used to this kind of collective grief. We're not used to this many different griefs, many of them small, many of them not so small. Maybe you're grieving losses because of this global pandemic. Maybe you're grieving things and sufferings that have nothing to do with COVID-19. Maybe like me, you're just grieving what we've lost as we walk into Holy Week and we can't gather together in person. I read a quote from Bishop Todd Hunter uh, last week in an article, and he said, This year for Easter, we are something like our ancient exiled relatives who with lovely memories of Jerusalem in mind exclaimed, By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? That's Psalm 137. I've got a a rewrite of Psalm 137 for us tonight. By the screens of our living room, we sat and wept when we remembered being together in Hill Elementary. When we remembered being together in our cathedral sanctuary, when we remembered being together in all the places we gather. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in this foreign land of live stream? But it's here in the desert. It's here in our Holy Week wilderness, in our Easter exile that we see the salvation of the Lord come to our specific reality. We experience his deliverance in the desert. It's here in the wilderness that we long for our family. We miss the feast and we hope in our future. Brothers and sisters, this is not the church's first Holy Week amidst a pandemic. This is not the church's first Holy Week in famine, war, hardship, or suffering. Uh, For many of us, um, I I think of the words of Psalm 46 that some of us have been reading each day uh, during the last several weeks, but Psalm 46 talks about the mountains quaking and kingdoms shaking. And for some of us, this is the first um, type of shaking or quaking like this that we've ever experienced. I mean, raise your hand if this is your first global pandemic, right? But for many of us in our churches, for the refugee, for the under-resourced, the poor, for many Christians, brothers and sisters around the world and throughout history. They have never celebrated Holy Week except in famine, war, hardship, suffering, disease, and plague. They they know a shaking in their lives of security and normalcy all the time. And, And that doesn't mean we should feel guilty about us feeling shaken or us feeling grief doesn't mean we ignore those There's no need to compare. There isn't an Olympics of suffering. No, we, we take our griefs. We take what feels shaken in our lives. And we let those unite us to our brothers and sisters. And we let those unite us to Jesus who on this night, before he enters into his suffering, before he goes to his battle, before he starts to shake things up and gets shaken up, he gives us provision in the wilderness. He places us in a family. He prepares for us a feast and he plans for us a future. On this night, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. As we read the account of the foot washing from John 13, I just was so struck about how all of Jesus's actions flow out of his relationship with his father. And that's where the passage starts. It's Jesus knew his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father. And because he knew he was returning to the father, he loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end and then again in verse three we see the connection jesus has with his father he knows that his father has given him all things that he had come from god his father was going back to his father and so he rose from supper laid his outer garments took up the towel and tied it around his waist his foot washing, his serving, his loving of his disciples comes out of the love of the Father. And so Jesus on this night, he's he's teaching his disciples to love one another as a family with a father. He gives them a commandment. He sums up this demonstration of love. He says, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I've loved you. You also love one another, and by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Uh, his disciples must have been wondering, yeah, how often are you expecting us to do this new commandment of foot washing? Is that like a, like a yearly thing, like a weekly thing? But of course, Jesus isn't talking just about loving one another by serving and foot washing. Jesus loved his own until the end. He's talking about loving one another by, by walking in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice to us. Jesus knew that his hour for suffering had come, and so he gives his disciples the gift that he has. He knows that his suffering on the cross is so that his father can be our father so that we can enter into that connection with the Father and then love one another as brothers and sisters. On this night before His suffering and death, He places us in His family with His Father because He knows in the wildernesses that we're going to walk through. In the wildernesses, these 12 disciples are about to walk. Their world is about to be shaken. And Jesus gives them one another to love one another. He gives them a family where brothers and sisters wash each other's feet and love each other to the end. And in this wilderness that we're in right now, may we learn more deeply what it means to be brothers and sisters with God as our Father. That if He is our Father, that we are one family and one in Him Uh, May we let other identities that divide lesser last names like the country we're from or the language we speak or the um, social or economic class we are in or the political party. Would those just fade away because in the wilderness all we have is one another to wash each other's feet, to love each other to the end. Jesus gives us his father, places us in his family. And on this night, when Jesus washes our feet, Jesus also gives us communion. He gives us himself in the last supper after washing his disciples feet, placing them in family. They celebrate the Passover meal, a meal first celebrated by people enslaved and then by a people in the wilderness and later by a people in exile and then given to us as food for our journey, the body and blood of Jesus. Who would have imagined a Monday Thursday service where we couldn't come to the table together? And in the season where we can't gather as a family around the family meal, I think the Lord has something to teach us about the future feast that he calls us into about the the hunger that we can have for him. Imagine Jesus as a child celebrating Passover with Mary and Joseph as he grows up year after year as they teach him what each symbol means as they light the candles together and have the cups of wine and the, the bread. And, Year after year, as Mary and Joseph tell Jesus the story, as they do what Psalm 78 said, and they tell the next generation of all of the saving deeds of Yahweh, how he brought his people out of slavery through the wilderness, how he provided for them, how he spread a table in the wilderness. And Jesus, each year and each time he celebrates this meal going, this is my story. This is why I have come, to fulfill this meal, to be the Passover lamb, to drink the cup that brings deliverance for my people. And what does he say as he's introducing Passover that he has with his disciples on this night? He says, oh, I have earnestly desired to eat this meal with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Can you relate to that longing Jesus has for the next time he'll come to the table with those he loves? I've earnestly desired to eat this, and I will not eat it again until the kingdom is fulfilled. He gives us this table in the wilderness to fill us with himself, but he reminds us here, that it's not complete. It is a foretaste. It's a participation in the salvation of Jesus, which is finished and is once and for all. But the feast that we enter in now in the wilderness is not the fullness. We see in part. One day we will see in full. We have a taste. But one day we will have the full meal. And and Jesus waits for us and he waits with us. He is waiting for that day when he can next eat this meal all together. Because this night he places us in a family of his father and he prepares for us to feast. But it's because on the other side of this wilderness, he has a plan for our future. That there is a new heaven and a new earth and there is a wedding feast of the lamb. Praise the Lord. And he is calling us toward it. And he is waiting for us to enter into it. Jesus, who is our salvation, he says on this night to his disciples, he's washed their feet, he's given them the communion feast, and then he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. For in my Father's house are many rooms and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, then I will surely come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. (laughs) A little while and you'll see me no longer and you'll weep and you'll lament, but your sorrow will turn to joy because I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice and no one will take away that joy from you. In the world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And each Sunday and each Holy Week, we rehearse the story of Jesus who has overcome. We rehearse the story of the cross, where he defeats our sin to offer us forgiveness and bring us an adoption into his family. We rehearse the overcoming of the resurrection where he defeats death and the devil and he brings us back into life in God. We rehearse his overcoming so that in the wilderness we will not forget that we wait on the deliverance of the Lord into our very circumstances. That though we are quarantined, the power of Jesus is not. The power of the Spirit is not in lockdown. The cross and the resurrection do not get quarantined. We shelter at home, but we shelter under the wings of Jesus. Praise the Lord. We rehearse his overcoming. His saving work comes to us in the reality of our wilderness that teach us to long for the fullness. We have a family now, the church, brothers and sisters, and it is beautiful. and Have, have you seen the church being the church in the last few weeks? I've been overwhelmed at just the, the, the love for one another that I've seen. We have our family now, but how I long to be around the throne with brothers and sisters from every tribe and tongue and nation with palms in our hands, singing, salvation belongs to our God. And we have the feast now and it is good and sweet and I can't wait till we taste it again in this world but oh how I long for the day when we will eat and sit at table in the kingdom of God and there will be no one with too much and no one with too little but we'll all be there together with every tear and suffering wiped away We taste in part, we see in part, but one day we will see in full. And The wilderness teaches us to lift our eyes to heaven and to long for more of Jesus, more of him. It teaches us to name the things in our world that have been shaken so that we can hold fast to a kingdom that is unshakable. It teaches us to name and grieve the things that we have lost so that we can hold fast to what can never be taken away from us. God's salvation comes to us right here, right now. And Jesus on this night provides for us. He spreads a table in the wilderness. He places us in a family with his father. He prepares for us a feast because he has a plan for our future. Praise the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. As a part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.